Welcome to our worship today from St Peter and St Paul Seal for the Feast of Christ the King, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Thanks today go to Sally and Paul Thompson for our readings and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our two hymns. You can find service sheets and hymn words on our website. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, 
and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is Psalm 95, verses 1 to 7. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are, the, are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hill, hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from the book of Ezekiel. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture, where they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will save my flock and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. 
He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may of thee be plenteously rewarded, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a story told about Saint Elizabeth of Hungary, who lived in the early 13th century, and it always comes into my mind when I hear today's Gospel reading. Elizabeth had wanted from a very early age to enter a convent and devote herself to God. She'd been very much influenced by the Franciscan movement. She was contemporary of St Francis and she wanted to live the life of radical simplicity, helping the poor that Francis did. But Elizabeth was a princess, the daughter of a king, and princesses didn't get to choose what they did with their lives. They were valuable bargaining chips in making alliances and building up power bases. 
Elizabeth had been promised in marriage from early childhood to Louis, the landgrave or lord of Thuringia. She was married at 14 and she bore him three children in quick succession, but she still held on to her Franciscan ideals. Her marriage was happy. She and Louis grew to love each other, but the same can't be said of her mother-in-law. She was very sceptical of Elizabeth's care for the poor and the sick. Elizabeth would be more likely to be found helping a filthy beggar than mixing with the high and mighty as her mother-in-law thought she should. What infuriated her most was Elizabeth's habit of taking in waifs and strays, the sick and the destitute. On one occasion, says the story, while Louis was away, Elizabeth and her mother-in-law were left behind to manage the castle. Before long, Elizabeth began to fill it with the needy. The castle was overflowing with people. But just when it seemed that even she would have to call a halt, a leper turned up at the castle gates, filthy and covered in sores. What was Elizabeth to do? There was no more room, no more beds. Except, she realised, one. Because with Louis away, his bed was empty. Elizabeth promptly installed the leper there and washed him and fed him and left him to sleep. Her mother-in-law was incandescent. How dare she? She sent a message to Louis telling him that his wife had put another man in his bed and left him to imagine what that might mean. Louis took the bait and stormed back to the castle and up to his room. He flung open the door, but whatever he expected to see, it wasn't this. There, on his bed, lay Christ himself, fast asleep. Louis shut the door quietly and went away. And in the morning, when he looked again, there was the leper, healed and well, and able to go on his way rejoicing. It's a lovely story, whether you believe it or not, and it clearly draws on the imagery of the Gospel reading we heard today. In Jesus' parable, too, those who help others eventually discover that they have completely unawares helped Jesus himself. But that's the important thing to note. They are completely unaware of what they've done. The sheep in Jesus' parable, the ones who are singled out for praise, have no idea what he means when he says that they saw him hungry and thirsty, naked, sick, in prison, and looked after him, any more than Elizabeth thought she was helping Jesus when she took in that leper. She and the people in the parable cared for those in need simply because they were in need. It was their humanity, not their divinity, which mattered to those who helped. To be honest, when I'm in need, I don't want people to help me because they see Jesus in me. I want them to help me because they see me as I am. I want to know that I'm of value in myself. Being seen and known as ourselves, as someone unique and precious, is often the thing that helps us most when we're in trouble. Being acknowledged and noticed. Knowing you aren't just a number a set of case notes, a bed in a hospital ward, a nameless bundle of needs. That's what empowers us and gives us dignity in times of trouble. 
When we read the parable of the sheep and the goats as an invitation to look on everyone as if they were Jesus, we risk denying people their own individuality, implying that they aren't worth our help as themselves. And that, I think, turns the parable on its head. That's not what Jesus meant. It's even worse, of course, if we see helping other people as a way of getting our own ticket to heaven. And those we help will soon pick up the fact that they're being used for our selfish ends. Today is the Feast of Christ the King, and it's the last day of the Church's year, the end point of the great cycle of stories that takes us through the birth, ministry, death and resurrection of Christ, the coming of the Spirit at Pentecost to inspire his followers. It all leads to this, to the recognition of Jesus as King, whose kingdom we pray will come and his will be done on earth as in heaven. But what kind of king is he? The image that Jesus' first followers would have had of kingship would have been based on the rulers they saw around them, the Roman emperors or local kings like Herod. Like so many leaders throughout history, their main aim was to get and to keep power, whatever the cost like the leaders the prophet Ezekiel denounced in our Old Testament reading. Power was what counted in the ancient world. The belief that the Roman emperor was divine was first established during Jesus' lifetime. The emperor was, quite literally, to be put on a pedestal and worshipped. Rulers behaved as if they should get whatever they wanted and be obeyed unquestioningly, and everyone expected them to. It was all about them, as it still sometimes is with leaders today. All too often, people climb the greasy pole to get themselves into positions of power because they need to be needed and recognised and adored. It's a dangerous thing, though, because that sort of need can never fully be met. It's like a permanently hungry monster, always looking for more. Jesus upends that image of leadership completely in this parable, as he did throughout his life. It's not all about him. He doesn't look for glory. He doesn't need adulation. He's perfectly secure in the love of his Father. He can serve others without ever feeling diminished himself. And he teaches his followers that it's in loving those around us, just as they are, that we do his will and delight his heart without us even knowing it. To serve and to lead like that is difficult and demanding, though. No one can affirm the worth and dignity of another unless they have a good sense of their own worth and dignity. We love, as the first letter of John puts it, because God first loved us. We can only treat others as beloved children of God if we know that we are too. We can only listen to others with full attention and give them space if we know that we've been heard and have our own secure space in the heart of God. In Christ, God comes among us, becomes one of us, but not as some kind of superhero who covers our feeble humanity with his glorious divinity. Christ comes to show us that this flesh and blood, which he shared with us, which God made and gave to us, is already blessed. He came to show us that always and everywhere we're standing on holy ground,
because of our humanity, not despite it, and that we and everyone are his gift, his good idea, to be cherished and celebrated. Amen. Let us pray. God, our King, we give you thanks for the pattern of kingship Jesus showed us. And we pray that we will use the power we have, whether it feels great or small, not to bring glory to ourselves, but to love others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of our world, for those who have great power, that they might lead with wisdom and compassion. We pray for those who live under unjust and tyrannical leaders, that you would give them your strength to resist and oppose injustice. And we pray for those who work for peace and justice around the world, that you would encourage them when the road seems tough. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who lead within the church, for our bishops, James and Simon, for our Archdeacon, Julie, for all who we look to for guidance and in whom we place our trust. Help them to lead with integrity and love and support them when they have difficult decisions to make. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are in need, for those who feel powerless, for those who are sick and those who worry about and care for them, for those who are bereaved or struggling with loneliness, poverty or anxiety, for those who are on our hearts today, who we hold before you in a moment of silence. Help us to see one another and recognise that every person is a child of God, created by you, a gift to the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give you thanks for your promise of life that is eternal, and we entrust into your keeping all who have died. We rejoice with them, with saints and angels, in your presence now and look forward to the time when your kingdom is seen on earth as fully as it is in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.